0: Soccer Podcast. My name is Boriludemi and I'm joined again by Manny and Justin. Uh, we're recording on Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, that means it's, it's already Monday and it's the day of England versus Iran. But we're not here to talk about England. We're here to talk about the next four groups. Um, so, just a reminder for last week, last week we talked, we talked about groups A to D. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about groups E. To H. However, though, before we do that, we have to uh, talk about the game today. So, of course, we're recording on Sunday, that, you know, uh, November 20th. Uh, we had the first game, uh, Qatar versus Ecuador. Um, and since, you know, if you all listen to the first episode or the first part of this episode, I remember a certain Justin gave Qatar. <laughs> Qatar, a a a, a, a boost. Um, so I, Justin, I'm going to give you the floor, to sort of just you know talk about what you felt the moment you saw Qatar kick the ball. I think that's when I (laughs) when I saw saw a different team. Uh,
1: yeah, that's a good. I knew that we're going to start the episode with this. First of all, I've been. I've been dreading this moment, but uh, also yeah, you called it. You called out the right moment though, Bori. Pretty much from minute one, uh, when the game started, and I saw Qatar starting to move the ball around the field. I was like, or rather, not really move the ball very effectively around the field, and I was like, hmm, maybe that wasn't such a a great a great take after all. Um, they did not look good. They looked actually really really bad the entire game. Qatar did so. Um, obviously they have a a lot of room for improvement before their second match of the group stage. And I'm sure they're going to come out hot and they're going to be fierce and ready to um, avenge their first match loss. And uh, then it's going to be smooth sailing for them. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've never... I don't think I've ever laughed this much (laughs) on the podcast
2: before. (laughs) I don't think think Justin was aware that, like, there's that like stat out there where the host country the host nation like is like oh and like 30 or something like that like on their opening game like it's something crazy like that like they would have been they would have been lucky to like obviously i'm exaggerating here but the host nation when they play i think they said that um I think it, it. I can't remember if it was like just host nations or debutants, because remember this is Qatar's first time in the World Cup. Like they've never been in a
1: World Cup before, and so, you know. I, I feel thought like- the stat was sorry. I mean, I thought the stat was that no host nation has ever lost their opening match. Well, up until today, that is. uh, I think the host nation always wins their opening match. And that was this crazy stat was – because that actually played a a part in me making that prediction um, in the last episode. So maybe you're right, though, and I just misread the fact before the games. And obviously uh, I was misinformed, and I recant everything I said in that episode. No, it's okay.
0: Here's the thing. I mean, let's be serious here. Uh, Qatar, before before they kicked the ball in the World Cup, uh, they won the – I believe it was the African – uh, sorry the the Asian uh one one of the cups it, it, it I think is, yeah. it was the Asian Cup, yeah. And then they were also in the semifinals of of the because I remember they joined I think was uh, the concacaf um oh, League yeah. uh whatever Cup. I'm sorry I, I feel like I should know this off the <laughs> top of my head. But but you get my point. Like they they've done well in multiple places. Now does that mean maybe they, our their Asian counterparts and, and the CONCACAF counterparts are maybe not as good. I mean, honestly, like I I think what I saw today from Qatar, you could tell it was just, it felt like a youth team. It felt like a team that didn't have experience. I also think it was a lot of nerves. I think you could tell that they were, they didn't feel, the players didn't feel comfortable. It seemed to me as the moments that the the first kick, I I can't remember who, who passed first, but moment of the ball was kicked or the moment they first touched the ball they just lost all the pat- patterns of play and tactics that they had already worked on you could tell that like even the keeper was a little jittery you know with the way he was keeping uh, and he's sad um i'm only saying that because i know that club is outside but um but but my point is uh i i see like i think they've done well when they've not been in the in this with this much limelight um, and maybe that's the problem. Uh, let's be honest. I think that's probably the problem. Um, but I do think I do think there was a lot of nerves, and I could see it. I mean, I, for me, like you know, it's, it looked like me when I play in a in a in an actual league, which is really is jittery for me.
1: Maybe that's it. I mean, the issues looked pretty fundamental and pretty pervasive the entire match. So if it was just nerves, then they must have like, you know, they must have not have slept at all last night from how they looked at like uh, when they were on the field. But who knows? Maybe you're right, Bori. Maybe they are going to improve. It's only a uh, steep climb up for them from here on out because now they have Senegal and Netherlands. Um, so this was supposed to be the the gimme, I suppose. That's why they scheduled this one match for today was to give the hosts a chance to shine on the world stage. And they did anything but that. So we'll see.
2: And Actually, I just want to say, Justin, you were right. Your you, your stat was right. Um, they were the first ones. <laughs> they made history yeah. wow. today. So there's a. I mean, in a way, it's kind of good that they went today with no no other uh, teams competing because you know they just uh they set the record today, right? That's what they wanted. They wanted this uh, World Cup. is historic. We've been saying that. And today they made history right. by being the first host nation to lose their opening games in the World Cup. So
0: Yeah, I think they, they wanted that limelight and, and that kind of backfired for them. Because, again, I think the players were just overwhelmed with all of that. But, um, I mean, we're talking about the World Cup here. They've never played in, in a competition this big ever in their life. None, none of them have. So... I guess it makes sense. And that's why experience matters sometimes. Also, just a quick side note, I heard the Infantino speech. Not the one he gave right before the World Cup, but the one that he Where he was reminiscing
2: about his childhood?
0: Well, well, that was horrible. But, yeah, I did watch that. I'm not even going to talk about that. But I was talking about the one that he gave right before the kickoff. And I was just like... Is that a thing? Has that happened before? I've never I've never seen that happen. I thought it was a weird thing. He, I felt like he was trying to, I don't know what he was doing there, but I thought it was weird. And anyways, just wanted to call that out. But yes, Infantino's had a, for me, a very, like I used to, I actually used to like him because I thought he was kicking out all the bad things that, you know, we hear about FIFA. But I mean, then he went on his tirade, and I don't know. Anyways, maybe we should just focus on on groups e to 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 H uh, because we have a very tough group and maybe a well maybe not a tough group but a, a weird group in group e uh, because we have Costa Rica Germany Japan Spain and just a reminder to our, our listeners what we're doing is we're just calling out our, our top two from the group um, and and that's it in no particular order so um but yeah like I said uh, Costa Rica Germany Japan and Spain um, I don't know. Does anyone want to go first with their picks? I think this for me seems straightforward, but you know, uh, you know, a certain country in this group uh,
1: also surprised us last time. Let me jump in here real quick. Uh, instead of being chastised by my uh, my hot takes going not so great so far, oh for one so far uh, as far as my picks are concerned, I'm doubling down on this episode (laughs) i'm going to tell you the two teams that you think should be advancing um everyone expects them to advance it seems straightforward like you said bory but it's a little trickier than that i think and that's the reason why i'm going to say the top two teams to advance are spain and japan i think japan is going to play sport Uh here well it's going to be a big game. I think they play on Wednesday and I think their opening match is Japan, Germany. So that is the one we'll see if um, Japan can maybe make make things a little muddled uh, in that opening match fixture for a E.
0: Yeah, I think so. That's a very interesting. Uh, personally, I will I will still, I, you know, my my pick is definitely Spain. I mean, for me, I would even say Spain would top the group, I, I believe, Um Germany, for me, Germany is a little weird, and and I'm not gonna lie, I don't I don't watch the Bundesliga, religiously. So the only defender I can see that maybe as a good, and I've heard I've heard about Rom, um, a place for Leipzig. Not, I don't trust Kerr, I don't even think Care does Kerr even stuff for West Ham. I, I don't even think he does. So he may be the right back. We have Sula, and then Rudiger. I mean, okay. Rudiger is, is good, but then he could lose his head sometimes. And then, of course, now yeah. So for me, the way I see it is Germany is good, obviously, from the midfield going up, right? Defensively, you know, I I don't know what they are, right? So I, I don't know how they're going to fare in, in the World Cup. But given that their midfield, you know, we're talking about uh, Sané, Musiala, Gretzka, Kimmich, like, Naby, Like, these are players that are ruling the world of football, uh, club football right now. We talk about you know Champions League. We talk about you know in, in their respective leagues. So I think because of that, um, actually it's funny because the from the midfield up to the top is all buying players, right? So I think because of because they've worked together before and uh, they have a new coach that seems you know to be more sane than uh, the last coach. Um, I think they would they would definitely make it out of the group. Now I don't know what happens after the group, but I definitely give it. I think I give it to Germany. I think I don't think Japan and, and Costa Rica have uh, the the power to to kind of give them that challenge that may kick them out of the the World Cup. Manny,
2: I'm I'm in shock. I think uh, I think Justin is blindsided by his love of uh, Tomiyasu. Um, I think he's just he's got his Arsenal tinted glasses on and. He thinks uh, Tomiyasu is going to be able to prevent, uh, you know, the firepower and the depth and quality that exists on this German squad. Um, I I don't I don't get how you guys couldn't. I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious. It's the last. It's it's the only two countries there that have previously won the World Cup. It's Germany and Spain, right? That that that's it. It's one A and one B. Costa Rica, well, like
0: many, but but Germany also were finished last in the last in in their group last that last World Cup, right? I believe they they finished last in their group, right?
2: Yeah, but I mean we're talking about here the squad. Like don't get me wrong. Like Japan um, has a good squad. They have very notable players there. Minamino Kubo. Yeah, they got uh, Minamino. You know, they got Tomiyasu. They have. Um, yeah, I I think like as far as what this brings, though, I think Germany is gonna play with the chip on their shoulder as well. Um, this is the only. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the only group with two, like previous winners in the same group. Correct. Um, I'm I'm probably
0: probably mm, I, I can, think i going I, probably. Go I'll I think probably, yes.
2: so. I mean, the fact that um they have a squad that is interchangeable like they have all these players that are always so versatile you called most you you name some of them you name mosiala for example can play in you know two three different roles right uh the same thing with kai havertz for example the same thing with like a mueller the same thing with like a, a leroy Sané or a gnabry like those players are interchangeable and I think like that's what makes this team dangerous not to mention the fact that they have Mueller who has been uh in the last world cup he was like pretty much at the top I think he was like in the race for the golden boot you know um I think like the one thing that I I feel is like the weakness is and you kind of called it is that back line um Bori uh, I feel like everywhere else they're, they're they're pretty stacked, right? The midfield, it's like a who's who. All those players in the midfield play, you know, for the biggest clubs in Europe. The same thing for the forward line. And if there was one uh, glaring weakness, it would be that back line. Uh, but, again, I don't think they have to worry about that until the next group stage, or until the next round of games. And then for Spain... Um, Spain is interesting because they've gone through a lot of change. Like, this squad doesn't have players that you would have seen or you would have thought would be here uh, without a second thought. I'm talking about your De Gea's. I'm talking about um, your players like uh, Kepa Ariza Valaga, the best goalkeeper in the world, um, circa 2018. Um, I'm talking about... Yeah, that was a... That was about, a
0: weird choice uh, to I'll not bring about,
2: Kepa, actually. I agree. Um, I'm talking about, like, Marcos Alonso, for example. Like, players that have had um, really good years, like, a really good year, and didn't get brought up. Instead, you're seeing, like, a fresh new faces on this team, um, with the exception of, like, you know, your, your Moratas, right? Because somehow Morata always makes it on the Spanish squad... I don't know how, I don't know why, but, uh, you know, he's there. Uh, but with that being said, um, Spain, I think, cannot be overlooked either. Like, they have been playing really well. They brought new faces. as a fresh, new, young team um, that can play well. It's not your tiki-taka football that we were used to in the last World Cup, but... You know, sure enough, I, th- I think they they have enough to be able to. And I'm quoting this right now: they're going to top the the groups here, so it'll be Spain in first place and Germany in second.
0: Yeah, it, it's very interesting. The game Spain and Germany. I think that'll be a very good match to watch. I've watched. I love watching Spain. And I can tell you how they will play. They will hold the ball for the whole ninety minutes. I mean, for let, not the whole, obviously, but most of the ninety minutes, they'll, they'll hold the ball even with against uh, uh, Germany, right? But the problem is that that final, final, you know, killer uh, uh, shot into the into the goal, which Morata is responsible for this, um, and obviously um, doesn't do that well. Um, so. Spain is very interesting for me. I don't. I I know. I know th- the problem with Spain is I know you said they're a young squad, but they also just keep on bringing back Alba and Busquets, and I and I love both players, but I think they need to move on, right? They need to move on from that. They need to bring in. I, I don't know who's going to start tomorrow or whenever they're playing, but I, I would love love to see the younger Gavis and and and. Uh, uh, the other younger players play um, but my point is for me the way I see with the way I see it with with uh, with um, Germany and Spain they both are teams that don't really have solid number nines they play different style of football and so it's going to be interesting to see what that turns into and I and i f- I predict that the Germany and Spain game may, may actually end up being a a, a, a tie um, but uh, now that I've th- rethought my my rethought about actually germany um actually i think it will be a tie where and it would just be a matter of like who scores more in the other games so it's actually going to be both teams on seven points i think and then um you know most goals i guess will, will be on top so may not be spain is what i'm trying to say
2: before we move on i just want to ask justin so you're saying does japan top the group or they come in second no, they're not going
1: to top the group. I think we're all in agreement that Spain tops the that takes first place in the group, and then, um, yeah, that's I think Germany. So here's the thing: Germany has been very in very inconsistent form over the past couple of years. In particular, 2022, the direct lead up to this World Cup, they've been um, very middling. They've I think they've drawn the majority of their matches over the past 12 months they don't their offense has kind of like been very lackluster they almost always give up at least one goal a game it's just like all these factors it is it's it's kind of hard to put a finger on and everyone's like kind of my my sense is that uh german national uh football fans are a little weary of hansi flick the manager kind of like ready for him to move on and so you know like so that would be like this world cup is either going to be the last sad chapter closing the book on the hansi flick era and then like that they're going to have to have a full refresh i'm sure they'll like storm back and like you know be a a force to be reckoned with in four years at the next world cup um or on the other hand though like you know maybe the low expectations like nobody's really you know seriously considering them as one of the top top contenders like you know not on the same level as Argentina, Spain, uh, Brazil, you know, in terms of like the title contenders, maybe the low expectations will help them and, you know, they'll, they'll rediscover some patch of form and make it out of the group stage. And then, you know, who knows what can happen in the knockouts, but, um, no, nah, I'm going to still say Japan. I think Japan will surprise them. And yeah. yes, uh, Tomiyasu is definitely a major contributor to that. When he's in his team, Japan does not concede. Japan is very resolute defensively especially when he's in the in the lineup all right
0: all right hey um you know we'll record hopefully more often during the world cup and then we'll uh we'll call you out on it um let's move to group f this group very you know interests me because i actually don't know who the top my clear top two will be and i know this may be surprising so basically i'm preparing you all for a surprise uh prediction so we have Belgium, Canada, Croatia, and Morocco. Um, I think uh, for me in this group, uh, Belgium is very interesting. Uh, one, Lukaku is, is um, well, he's misfiring right now, although he's doing OK when he played at Inter this season. OK, not well, good, OK. Um, but he's injured, so he's not going to be playing. So that means Hazard and uh, I believe De Bruyne and then maybe, I don't know, Carrasco or somebody who's going to play that front line. Um, that's why I know. Uh well maybe I'm not even sure if it was called up. I probably should look it up if someone can just help me fact check. But my point is, Belgium seems very interesting. They actually lost their um friendly to Egypt, uh, you know, uh I think it was early last week. Um and I think they were playing Egypt just to see how Morocco which, which by the way, sorry, quick side note. I don't know why countries keep thinking for example, Niger- uh, Portugal played Nigeria because they thought, you know, we play similar style to Ghana. Belgium is played Morocco because I'm guessing they're thinking, oh, yeah, they probably play similar style to Egypt. Why do we, why do people do that? <laughs> is there like a, a fact? I don't know. I just just sorry. Just a quick side note. But anyways, so that's it. In terms of Belgium, Belgium seems like a. They seem like an aging squad that missed their chance in the last World Cup. I know it was unfortunate they played the winners, right? Like, they got kicked out by the winners and, and the third place, rightfully. But um, my, my point of saying all of this is that I think, even though with all of that, I think Belgium still has the strength to go. Now, the problem is the second team. A lot of people I've heard still are hyping Croatia, right? Um, and Croatia, I think... Is going to disappoint this this World Cup actually? I think they're going to go out in the, in, in the first uh, in the first round, and mm. so I'm giving it to to Canada to actually um, use their momentum from previous um, from the qualifiers to actually go through.
1: That's some very upsetting news. It sounds like because I can hear someone crying in the background. Boy, you've upset yeah. someone.
2: That's right. Yes,
1: I know. I have how could you say them? that? How could you possibly? Um, how could you say that about Croatia? The darlings of uh, the last World Cup. I agree. Um, <laughs> I don't agree. I you 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 almost bring tears to my eyes too because I want to see Croatia.
2: Oh no no, uh, no no no! I'm saying I agree with uh with 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 why with the reason why the the baby's crying. Yes. <laughs> it's because Bori is talking nonsense. <laughs> you you've upset him so much that he has no choice but to actually cry. So. Um, I do want to bring this up though. Now that I, you mentioned it, so but so first off, Betschwei did make the squad, uh, the Belgian squad. But the problem th- that I have is Lukaku making the squad while he's injured, right? And I bring this up, and this is something that I wanted to bring up in conversation after a few days ago. So after we recorded. Our first episode a few days ago, uh, Kareem Benzema got injured in training and therefore his World Cup is over. But unlike Lukaku, who is injured and has nothing to do, can't really bring any value to the team, Benzema, I believe, uh, is giving up his spot on the team so that someone else can, be, can replace him um, on the team. Someone who is actually healthy and can contribute. So my question to you guys is, why would players that knowingly are injured or won't be able to play, why would they come and be a part of this instead of being a team player and giving up their spot so that someone who is healthy and could help could take their spot?
1: I mean, the nature of the injuries might be different. I don't know the specifics, but... You know, they've already they've said Lukaku's going to be out for the first two group stage matches, um, possibly the third as well, depending on how his recovery goes. OK, that, you know what that means, though, is that, you know, he's in he's like literally like, you know, he's in training. He's like on the cusp of being back. You know, he's in the, the final week or two of his recovery, whereas Benzema's injury. I don't know. Again, I don't know all the details, but, you know, basically Belgium must feel very confident. That they are going to get it out get out of the group stage without Lukaku, and they want to have that weapon in their back pocket to return when it comes to the you know the do or die situations in the knockout phase. Um, hmm. Belgium, I think, has very high expectations set for themselves. This, like Bori was talking about, like the golden generation. Maybe they missed their window. Uh, this is certainly their last shot with this generation of Belgian players. So I I think they're taking it very seriously, and they see Lukaku is that would be my assumption, Manny. Is they see Lukaku as a piece of those plans when it comes to the knockout stages. I didn't think about that, but, you know,
2: uh, you bring up a good point. This, this is it for Belgium. I would argue that Belgium's past it. In fact, looking at the squad now, I was ready to say, yeah, but Belgium and uh, Belgium and Croatia are going to advance out. But I could see a scenario where, you know, I could see Croatia making it out before I see Belgium making it out.
1: Croatia's been very good, in I think, they've, I they've, think they've, they've they've really hit a really nice patch of form in the lead up to this tournament. Yeah, they have a lot of. Speaking of uh, aging golden generations, actually, they <laughs> the have. A, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, but they
2: also have. Um, I I don't know. I just feel like every time you see Croatia, they are playing with everything they have. You know, like they they you cannot question their determination and 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 their output and their will to try to win the game play as a team whereas you know i look at certain players on the belgian squad and sometimes it feels like they're playing for themselves rather than the team <laughs> i'm not going you take oh, it really
1: huh you take, that's, you, that's you, weird of you take, to say that manny
2: you take it as you will but <laughs> I'm, what i'm saying is collectively Every time we see Croatia, they're, they're they're moving as a unit. They're playing as a unit. And I think a lot of that has to do with the respect um, that their captain, uh, you know, Modric, um, and that presence and that experience that he brings to the table. You know, let's not forget that a few years ago, they were, you know, so close to actually pulling off, you know, the most, the, probably the greatest run that the World Cup has ever seen, right? Let's not forget those back-to-back. How many back-to-back games did they have where they went into uh, extra time?
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. They have a lot of fight. Yep. They got a lot of mileage collectively in their they legs, did. like we said. But they still, they keep on. They don't slow down. This, they do Kind of amazing. And that I feel that like they're still competing at this level. Uh, all these players who like really are in the twilights of their careers. But here's the difference. I feel like what the the
2: where where Croatia. Belgium have a lot of similarities, but I feel like the the balance between very good young players um, is better on the Croatian team than it is for the Belgian national squad. I feel like mm. I'm talking about you know these up and coming um, players in Croatia, like uh, uh, Jasko Gavrdil, who's a up and coming oh, uh, yeah. defender. I'm talking about these these players in pivotal positions, whereas You look at Belgium, and they don't really have a very good back line. Like their defenders, not very good. You know, Um, I'd say that that's probably like their biggest glaring weakness is is their defense. Whereas in Croatia, I feel like they're evenly matched um, with both experience and young players across you know the defense, the midfield, and that forward line. So that's how I'm looking at this. Whereas you're looking at the Belgian National Squad and you have the core collective of the quote-unquote golden generation, which makes up 75% of the team, right? Um, And that's what I feel is apart from that, who is their coach? It's the same scenario. It's what I've described with the U.S. and England. It's um, I feel like they could have won, they should have won something uh
1: by now if they had a better coach mm. yeah well so i am you know right now we have and i i think on the podcast definitely off offline i've heard your thoughts your thoughts about um about uh roberto martinez so i i think that is a limiting factor perhaps, but um i don't actually. Sorry, I mean, I don't know if I caught. So like, are you saying you don't think Belgium's going to make it? Belgium is going to make it out of this group? I'm actually with Bory
2: on this. I What did you he say he, they weren't coming out? He no, picked. no, I said Croatia. Croatia is not coming out. Oh, no, no, I disagree with you. I I think Croatia and Canada make it out. Whoa. Okay. I nice. actually, um
1: I can't yeah. I can't believe it, but I'm the one who's going to make the super um generic safe pick, and I think it's gonna be croatia and, and Belgium. I'm not sure necessarily in which order, but I think that those two teams are gonna make it out canada will make make it fun, but um, yeah, I can't believe I'm the one who's who's gonna play it safe here, but yeah
0: i think I think this is the group that would get the surprise that's that's this is the group for me, but i don't well that would be thousand, a
1: bummer thousand. that'd be a bummer given my how I've gone out on a limb on everything else, and then <laughs> if this is the one this is the one that uh, actually winds up being an upset, then, you know, that'd be fun. That'd be funny for for you all, I guess. Yep. So since
0: we've not talked about
1: Morocco, so I'm
0: guessing uh, no chance them.
1: I mean, Morocco has a lot of good players, but they're like one of those teams that I feel like they're, they're always talked about or like that they have like top players. But then when push comes to shove and it's like a major tournament, like they, you know, they're typically a non-factor. I think the one thing thing that
2: I will say about Morocco is um, they just got a new coach um, a few months ago. So let's not forget that. Um, Yeah, so their previous coach um, got fired, uh, I think, shortly after they had already qualified, I want to say, for the World Cup. But one of the things that followed this Moroccan team off the field was the drama between... um, Hakim Ziyech and the previous uh, coach, and if reports are to be, um, you know, uh, I, I guess considered facts or true, then the reason why the Moroccan um, FA let go of the of the previous coach, why he was replaced, was because he had um, this ongoing um, Quarrel, if you will, with Hakim Ziyech, um, and he didn't include him in the previous uh, World Cup qualifying uh, games, uh, but now he's back, and I think like you know they just don't have the time enough time to build that chemistry and rapport that the other you know the other teams do. Um, they don't. So, they don't need it because Zach
0: scored scores from the half. I don't know if you saw in the in the friendly. <laughs> whoop, um, no. The, the last no. Last week.
2: Just, Honestly, uh, you know, they could surprise. Yeah, I could see that. But I, I just, I don't think so. I just feel the reason why I made the picks is because I feel like Canada, this is the first time that they've made the World Cup in 30-something years. 1986 was the last yep. time. So um, I think they're going to be playing for something. They're going to play with, To pr- they're going to be out to prove a point, right? And then on top of that, um, Alfonso Davies. It was a big question mark, right? Like less a week and a half ago, there was a uh, he got injured, right? Um, and there was talks that he might not make it. So he's recovered and he's ready to go. I just I think this I'm calling it now. This Canadian team is gonna put CONCACAF in the lights. They're gonna be the only CONCACAF team to make it onto the next round.
0: Um, my baby just smiled, um, as you said, that, so that's and he's sleeping, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, I think he's agreeing with with you and me that Canada, well, with me spe- specifically, that Canada's going to make it out of the group. I think, to be honest, I don't think Canada obviously doesn't match with Croatia or Belgium, obviously. Even Morocco, I'm, I'm not even sure they match with them. But I think it's one of those things where the momentum will carry them still, and maybe Croatia will just have two bad games and that would just kick them out. Um, but I think if we don't have anything else to say, I think we should probably move on to the next group. I think this is a, going to be an exciting group because this is actually, for me, one of the toughest groups in, in the whole tournament. Um, and that's Group G. We have Brazil, we have Cameroon, Serbia, and we have Switzerland. Um, I think we're probably all on the same page that we have brazil and please let me know if that's incorrect um and we can well, go back to brazil oh my gosh justin you're not going to say something are you no he's just trolling okay
1: okay he's definitely trolling all right but i thought manny okay. manny i thought you were about to jump in with something
2: no 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 no. Oh, okay no there's, I'm, there's no way i'm going against i'm not putting brazil to to make it out of this group there's they're, they're going. They're going to make it out in first place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we're all in and agreement there. But
0: then, which which one of the other place, three then? Second yeah. place is an interesting one. Um, I think. Okay, apart from Cameroon, and let's be honest, Cameroon. I don't think they're they're that good. Yes, Chibamotin is is on fire this season. Uh, it was even on fire, I think, over when they played their last friendly game. Um, so. So, yeah, maybe he could surprise some of these teams. But I think all the light is shining on Serbia right now because they just have a group of really awesome players. Um, Sadly, no Mitrovic. Uh, I know he's been on form this season, but they still have Vlaovic. They have this new revelation of a star that I, I did not know about until I started seeing him playing for Juve. If you've not watched this guy... Just do yourself a favor, go watch Kostic and see how he crosses. I think he puts Alex like think of Arnold Alexander as a as a crosser, as the, one of the best crossers in DPL right now. He's the opposite. He's the he's the on the I mean not opposite, but he's good, is as good, but on the left side. And this guy's crosses are are just crazy. So that said, um, I'm gonna give it to Serbia to move ahead. I think Switzerland is also as good and honestly the game will be called between Serbia and Switzerland for me, but I think Switzerland will just have this like, sorry, I think Serbia will have this like edge. Um, Switzerland does have a very good team, especially given their, um I think in the last years and also uh, in the qualifiers, they actually have had a very good run. So it's going to be tight, but I think Serbia will just edge out um, last minute. Manu, do you want to give yours, your second team?
2: Um, just looking at the squad. Serbia has a very good squad. They have very notable players that Sergei are... Sergei
0: Milankovic-Savic is going to break out in this World Cup, I think.
2: Yeah, SMS has always been one of those players that's been on the cusp of breaking out. But, you know, they also have Blachovic, um, They have Mitrovic, right? They have, like, a lot of players that are in form. Um, but having said that, oh, man. So Brazil, we said one, right, and then two. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Serbia. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Serbia surprises here.
0: I think and, Serbia is going to be the dark horse tournament. I think I w- it will be I the Croatia say,
2: of this tournament. I wanted to say Switzerland, but um, I I could see. I I just don't think Switzerland has. It really just depends on how their goalkeeper performs. Like, let's be honest. The times that I've seen, that we've seen Switzerland play in the past, um, the oh, reason yeah. reasons why they stayed in the games is because of summer. Jan Sommer is, I feel like he's a uh, tournament goalkeeper, right? Yeah, and, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, it, I think it will depend on his form. Um,
0: I have seen weird... Like when he, I think he still plays for Gladbach. I have seen him and some questionable defen- uh, uh goals that he lets in. But in tournaments, like like the Nations League, he's like a different player for some reason. So I think you're definitely, I think you hit the nail on the head there.
2: Yeah, uh, with him. I I'll tell you what though. If um, so, there's no, so there's no, um, there's no PKs in this uh, in this first group stage, right? at all they don't get to pks until the it's later all rounds.
0: yeah it's all tiebreakers okay like, good i was well, gonna say
2: yeah i, yeah. I if, if 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 we get to if they make it out and they get to those later rounds where you know you, you can't tie and you have to you know pretty much define the game by pks i am taking switzerland with Jan summer because that guy can stop pks like like it's nobody's business so
0: yeah how about you who's your second team
1: I'm going to go with Switzerland. Um, I think everything that was already said previously Did about you Serbia. Hear there's, no, there's no PKs in this group stage. No, but there is Granit Xhaka, and he's going to be there every minute of every game uh, just running the table. So hey, that's a big just,
0: differentiator. Just, I just realized, this. are you just picking all the teams with the Arsenal players?
2: That's it. I told you. I told you. I said <laughs> <that it's> it? <laughs> Arsenal-tinted
1: glasses, man. Um. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe subconsciously, but it's just like, okay, so I I think everything that we already said about Serbia, um, very true. I do think it's kind of like a coin flip situation, which one of these two would be the second ones to go out with uh, or to, you know, advance along with Brazil. And uh, you both chose Serbia already, so that would be boring if I said the same thing. So that's why I say Switzerland. <laughs>
0: All right, all right, give you fun. All right, so before we move on, we got to talk about Brazil and and we the only up. reason is um one there's a pathway, I don't know if you've been seeing the brackets, but it's possible uh, if both Brazil and Argentina finish top in the group, then they will meet, they, they could meet in the semifinals, which would mean that honestly, I think that whoever wins that game wins the World Cup for me. Um But we got to talk about Brazil's chances of winning this World Cup. I think, obviously, they're the number one favorites. Don't forget, Brazil played Argentina, the Copa America, was that this year or last year? I can't remember anymore. But um, they obviously lost the game. It wasn't like, you know, they were bad, but it was just a very close game and and it was just a a matter of difference. the one thing I do want to talk about mainly is the issue in the front line, and it's one of those issues where they have just too many good players. Um, we're talking about Anthony, Vinicius Jr., Jesus, um, Everton. Which it's funny that Everton's still there. I thought he was he fell off the face of the earth. But they have a very crazy front line. It's actually. Mind-boggling to me how how they're going to pick whoever whoever is going to play. I think people are saying online. I think what I'm seeing the particular particular lineups is Rafinha, Richarlison, and Neymar are going to be leading the line. Um, the the reason why I'm calling this out is I'm looking at the defense, right? So first of all, we have two good goalkeepers. Who do you pick? Sure, maybe Allison. So I think Allison's probably going to start. Now we move on to the defense, right? So Danilo is predicted to start in the right back. And then we have Alexandro in the left back. I look at that, and for me, that's a red flag. Now, I'm not going to lie. Danilo has actually had a very fantastic season with Juve. Although he's been playing in the center defense because of the issues they're having uh, and injuries. But I can't get past the fact that Danilo is the right back, um, mainly because of, of, of speed. Also, just want to call this out. Um, I believe I don't know who the backup right back will be for them, but when you look at the left back, Alexandro, I don't. Sorry, uh, yeah, Alexandre, I don't even rate him as a defender. I don't even know why he's, he was even called up. But then you have Alex Telles as, as the backup. So again, it's the same problem with Germany. Defense seems to be a shaky part for me. Yeah, they have Thiago Silva, they have uh, Mekines. Marquinhos could be, you know, you don't know who you're going to get, with Mar- how, what you're going to get. I think Ceco Silva is the only safe defender there. But yeah, mm-hmm. my question to you to you both is, do we see that kind of similarity with Germany? Do we think this team, yes, going forward, start, like that team is started in going forward. But the backline to me, seems a little shaky. And I think this is what could be a problem for them in the semifinals, in the, in the, in the final, if they ever reach the final
2: i um i disagree with your assessment i think the problem for brazil is not the it, it's not the back line i think it's the uh, midfield um because and you named it a lot of those players that play um apart from you know your Neymars and your uh gabriel jesus and um so on they don't and obviously Richarlison, which I still don't even know why he even got called up. It should have been Roberto Firmino for me, but um, no way, no way. Yes, yes, because that because Roberto Firmino is the only true number nine, um, like a real number nine. That that Brazil. Uh, I don't Richarlison, Richarlison is not a, a number nine. Like I, I, I don't, I, I don't think he's like.
1: I he's, think he he's, he, he's a different profile though i mean he like he like you know you could make the argument that the choice would be between firmino and maybe like i don't know gabby jesus in terms of like someone who can be like either like false nine or can be a creator as much as a finisher but charleston is like he's an out and out he can just finish he can just lead a line and just be an out and out striker i feel no i mean i don't know um point that i was trying to make is the other players that
2: are on the squad in the midfield you know you have your lucas paquetas you have your um uh weberton's you have you know these players that are you know your rodrigo's you have you those players that can play in the midfield and depending on um who the opponents are the question is going to be how are they going to line up in the midfield i think that's that's what is going to um, be the key to Brazil because every player that you've named wants to play with the ball at their feet, wants to have the ball, right? So like Neymar, is he going to play more uh, as a forward? Uh, Is he going to play, is he going to drop back as like a 10? Um, Is he going to, you know, is is he going to be commanding the ball or is that going to be left to somebody else? Um, that's what I'm looking at at this Brazilian team. And then another thing that I want to call out is if you look at this team, the age, the way that we were talking about Croatia and uh, Belgium and this golden generation, um, these this Brazilian team is actually not that young. Um, you have Thiago Silva, who's like 37. You have Neymar, who's like 32. Well, that, no, 30, I think, right? All right. But- Neymar... 30 Maymard's thirty. You have yeah. Ca- Casimiro, who's thirty. You have.
1: I was gonna say
0: Alves. They brought Alves back. I couldn't. believe uh-huh. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say boy, oh, when you're okay. talking about who's the backup right back, it's there. It's, you go. It's no, the actually, same person it's been for the past twenty years, Danny Alves. Actually, Danny Alves is gonna be a starter. Okay.
0: I don't. <laughs> no, there's no way. There's no way.
2: Um. But um. But yeah. So the thing with this is um. It's interesting when we talk about like how we were taking into account the age of like these other squads when brazil has one of the oldest squads as well and we didn't think twice about that being a factor
1: yeah yeah but they have like fresh blood mixed into i mean like they got Vinicius, yeah, they've say. got yeah. rafinha they've got anthony
0: martinelli um yeah, I'm yeah surprised didn't martinelli. i feel
1: like yeah, yeah. In terms martinelli? Of like that, martinelli made it martinelli yeah uh-huh. um So like the, I mean, like, so the midfield, I think is pretty actually locked in. It's going to be Fred, it's going to be Casemiro, and it's probably going to be Um, And I I mean, Brazil has been like flying high. Like it, like they get results. They always, they've been getting results for like a couple of like years now. So I, I feel like actually like, you know, like it's 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 a tipping point and it's it's really dependent you know teams can get very unlucky with these world cup cycles when it's every four years or whatever you um where like when the player these players are now like have played together for a couple of cycles they're all about 30 years old i think they're kind of like in that sweet spot their prime but you know you go two more years from now players start to turn 33 34 um then maybe the situation changes, right? And we're, now you're you're like, oh, they're past their prime. But honestly, like with you know it, it's it's all very player dependent, right? Like, you know, especially with um the way athletes and like training regimens and stuff like that are. Like, you know, we have players who can play like well into the deep into their um their thirties and still be performing at a high level. We're talking about Modric, right? So um I don't know. I I, I hear what you're saying, Manny. I think Brazil is gonna. They're definitely after Argentina. Brazil is, in my mind, the team that's that's gonna lift the cup. They're just like very, very threatening. I can understand the, the problems in defense too, boy, that you highlighted earlier. Well, also.
0: so I was gonna say something just to follow up my defense worries. I think honestly, if they, I mean, Thiago Silva is good. Marquinhos, I think, is shaky. Just given his his issues with PSG. Um, I think when you talk about a a defender like Bremer, uh, who was uh, Syria's MVP best fed, well, Syria's best defender last season, though he's had a shaky start to this season. Um, And then you talk about Edmund Latao, who, okay, he's, I think, is good but it's one of those things where like sometimes like you you watch him and like wait is that a is that a good defender or not but i i think i think my point of saying this is i think they're probably going with the romantic choice than like who should actually be playing defense so my point is if you play someone like miltow and bremer in central defense then we're talking about a different profile of defenders i think those are more capable in my opinion defenders they're they're faster uh, because, you know, let's be honest, Diego Silva is not fast. Marquinhos is not the fastest. Um, but you talk about faster. And not, they're not fast either, but they're faster. Uh, we're talking about Bremer. We're talking about Militao. I think these are the players that should be playing in defense. But I think the way Chiche is going to do this is going to play more experience, more. Because, th- let's be honest, Brazil's probably not going to concede so many uh, attacks. Uh, I, I don't know, but maybe not. But I think they will hold the ball in the midfield and in the front line. So maybe maybe it's not going to be much of an issue. But I think it just becomes a big issue when they're playing the bigger teams, when you know they have to go toe to toe with every player in every position. So we'll see what happens. But um, I think I think that could be their Achilles' heel, uh, to be honest. All right. Well, let's move on to the last group. Uh, we have Ghana, South Korea, Portugal, and Uruguay. This one is a weird group for me because I, you know, I think we can all pick maybe, or maybe not. We can pick our top. Yes, we know this team is going to go ahead, but the second place, you know, I don't know if I know who the second place is, right? So I'll start with uh, with with uh, maybe Manny. If you, I don't know if you've thought about this yet, but who would you pick as your as your top two in this group? Uh,
2: so one of the semifinalists. Is going to be in this um, group. It's going to be coming out of this group. That's uh, what Ghana? That's South Korea. They're going to make it all the way to the end. No, it's Portugal, man. It's it's Portugal. They're gonna they're gonna make it out, uh, by hook or by crook. Um, (laughs) okay, I like that. I like that. they're, They're gonna make it because Qatar needs this. Qatar needs. Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi to make it as far as possible in this tournament um, as they can guarantee um, for obvious reasons uh, now the second the second group is actually a toss-up um, I I was gonna say South Korea but Sun was really close to missing this World Cup with an injury that he suffered Um And so I don't know what his fitness level is going to be. I don't think he's at 100%. So uh, he's, you know, arguably the most pivotal player on on that squad. Um, He's, uh, you know, integral to their success. So I don't, I would rule them out. And then Ghana is actually interesting to me because there's a lot of players, there's a handful of players that have decided to play for Ghana um, that did not that were uh, and boy, you might be able to speak uh, more to this, but I believe they were uh, playing. They were they were rejected by the English national squad, correct? And well, so, no,
0: they they knew that they were not going to to play for England, so they decided to just just hey, it's a World Cup. This is probably my last chance, first and last chance to play in the World Cup. Might as well just take it.
2: Yeah, so but players like that are going to be playing with chip on their shoulder they're going to play with they're going to play with something to prove right um so i could see actually i'm going to say that ghana um makes it out of this group as well
0: that's a very interesting one because first of all ghana beat nigeria to to get into the world cup so i'm a little sad but i do agree with you a little bit uh mostly because they got that boost in the front line with uh, Inyaku williams i think that was Honestly, whoever decided—I don't know if it was Inaki Williams that facilitated it or Ghana facilitated. It. Like, I think that was a good move for, for on their part. Um, and and Inaki Williams, if for people that don't know him, uh, played for the Athletic Bilbao. You know, usually, uh, you know, uh, basically kills La Liga um, with his pace, and, and he has a, a good, nice finish. And the crazy fun fact: I think he hasn't missed a game for. Athletic Bilbao for it was like something like I don't know it was like two hundred or three hundred games he's played like straight for Athletic Bilbao yeah um, so his his injury record is good that, that doesn't mean that he, that doesn't mean anything but but my point is that he's actually a very solid consistent player now sorry I did you give your second money I, I apologize for I feel like I'm question over so no. you so you, you get portugal and okay yeah i do have yeah, some portugal, portugal so portugal i do think portugal in, will make it out in, yeah
2: in ghana and then um uh, uh another fun fact um this is going to be i think it's only like the second time in world cup history where a pair of brothers are playing a pair of siblings are playing in, right. in the in the tournament but are representing two different nations yep um yaki's brother younger brother is nico williams mm-hmm. And he's actually playing for Spain. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be interesting.
0: I I I couldn't believe he got called up over in Inaki to be honest. But he's you know he's also he also plays for Athletic like, Bilbao by the way. Yeah. And, um. So we'll we'll see. I mean we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he will get playing time to be honest. Um. With Spain. Uh. But I was going to say. Um. Yeah. Portugal for me. Um, I do think Portugal is a very interesting choice. The problem with Portugal and and Santos is is the coach is that I think Portugal tends to still bow to the, oh, let's play Ronaldo, no matter what, right? We can never move Ronaldo unless he's injured, that kind of thing. Um, almost as if Ronaldo is the coach for the team. and and maybe, yes, maybe rightfully. so. The problem with Portugal, I see, is when things are not working out. When you need to put in players like Leal, um uh, Andre Silva, to to actually take on that and actually get that win, yes, makes sense to put Ronaldo there. But sometimes, and we've seen this Manchester United this season, you may just need to take him out and and put faster players and people that are that have the lungs, right? So, um, I think. That's my my issue with Portugal. I think they'll still make it out, but I won't be surprised if they end up being second on that in the in the group. um Now, for my second team, I would want to go with Uruguay, but Uruguay's I think I think they struggled. I I'm, I was trying to look it up before I I said this, but I think they struggled during the cup uh, the Copa America. uh Well, well, definitely struggling in Copa America for sure because they got around the quarterfinals but also struggled I think during the qualifiers a little bit um so I don't they yes they have um sorry I'm forgetting his name now uh definitely Darwin they have Darwin they have um Valverde from Real Madrid uh, Are you going to
2: say Luis Suarez
0: uh, Yes sure um and so I think yes they have p- play uh, good players on paper I don't know if that, that kind of translates well into to an actual team. Um, so I think they may be edged out here. Now, the question is, I don't know who out of Ghana and South Korea is going to win this. So obviously, I'm going to go with my my heart. I would love Ghana to do it. So I'll go with Ghana. But I think um, South Korea, I'm actually very interested to see um, um, Kim Min-jae. He plays for Napoli. He's been the re- revelation this, this season. Very solid defender, so I would say. Like definitely, if you get a chance to watch them, uh, make a note of him because he's actually a very good defender. So it'll be good to see how he fares against uh, bigger teams like, like you know, Portugal. Um, so uh, Justin, I'll, I'll hand it over to you.
1: This is the last group, right? Correct. Well, we got to end it with a bang then. Okay. Top two who are gonna quali- who are gonna qualify for the next round? Uruguay, Ghana, Portugal, out. Wow.
0: Hey, wow. do you all remember remember, remember Uruguay Ghana semifinal Luis Suarez handball? Of
2: course. So How can you final. forget? Yeah. How can we forget? That would dude. be
0: a good match to watch because I think the IU, uh, Andre IU uh, was in that game or was on on the bench or something. Both, both so, the
1: IU's probably.
0: Yeah, and then you have Luis Suarez still still around. So.
2: Oh okay. man, I forgot the IU brothers play for Ghana. Can I change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I actually like Andre Ayew. He's
0: actually, he's not a bad player. Like, yeah, he's old, but he's actually, he know, he has the ball sense, actually. He's one I agree. Of his, oh. Also, you know where the, he plays now? Andre, Crystal Palace. he
1: plays for Al Oh, home, he, he, home field. He, he, yeah, he's playing at home.
0: Sorry, I meant, no, I meant, is it Jordan
2: Ayew that plays for Crystal Palace? Yeah, that that's yeah, the, yeah, crush, um, that's it like. It was the, Jordan,
0: Jordan Ayew. That's like about.
2: the most frustrating IU to watch, Jordan Ayew.
0: No, I no. He's the one I was talking about. Jordan Ayew is the player that I think he's actually he he's old, but he actually knows how to play the ball. Like he knows how to like cut players, dribble, players, and find people. I think a, yeah. So the
2: the one at Crystal Palace is Jordan. Yes,
0: the one at Crystal Palace. Yes.
2: No, I disagree. That that he's like the most frustrating. We could save it for another day, but yeah, we could. the most okay. frustrating player. All the skills in the world, worst decision making. <laughs>
1: So Portugal on the subject of Portugal, like Cristiano Ronaldo is the captain of the team. So they are in a catch 22 here either. I mean, so maybe he's going to perform. He's going to, you know, be out there. um, Looking to kind of erase the bad taste of the past or rinse out the bad taste of the past few months at Manchester United or the past year at Manchester United. And he's just going to be dominant, and this is like his last hurrah, really, for the World Cup. And he's just going to dominate, and everything's going to be, you know. And then Portugal will obviously advance. Um, if that doesn't happen right off the bat, though, if in match day one he's struggling, he's frustrated, he's yelling at his teammates, what do you do as the manager of Portugal? You, yeah, he's not going.
0: He's not going to do, do anything. He is he's just the manager.
1: He That's is manager. He, not, yeah. he, he, he <laughs> all is.
2: Look, he is, Christian Pulisic is not the LeBron James of soccer or football. Cristiano Ronaldo
1: is, all right? He's a player coach. All right, he calls the shots. Well, does someone like Bruno Fernandez have the cachet to, no uh, way, he, no
0: to way. say He's, anything to him? Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes. He was just born yesterday.
2: Bruno Fernandez is going to be replaced by Mateo Nunes, all right? I'll tell you that right now. Mateo Nunes is going to displace him in, in that Portuguese squad. But all, in all seriousness, um, you guys have have you guys not been paying attention to the promos? Yeah. Did you guys not see that that promo, uh, that image of Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi playing chess? Of course, yeah. So. I, okay, yeah, so. that's the final, okay? That's the final. That's not the final. No, you're,
0: that, you're saying Qatar is going to... Yeah, yeah, whatever. No, but, I'm saying but actually, that,
2: though. They're going to go out with the bang, right? that that, that's it that's gonna be the final they're gonna make it somehow some way i wouldn't be surprised if the you know because of the legacy of the two greatest players the goats whatever in this tournament and this historic world cup blah 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 what better way to add to the narrative than they get as far as possible in the tournament and they can meet in the final that'd be the only place where they could meet
1: correct well, um, it depends on yeah. well, yeah, on how they yes, but great. but
2: we're assuming that they're going to finish in first place.
1: Which I'm not assuming that? that. Oh, okay. That's your assumption, but yeah, All right, that is my if they, yeah, if they were in, the, if they both finish first, then yeah, that would be the final. Right. So I, um, like I said, by
2: hook or by crook, I think because all eyes I want to be on that Portuguese squad now because of what Ronaldo just did a few days ago.
0: Yeah, and see, that's the thing I was going to call out. And and to your point, Justin, earlier, first of all, I think Ronaldo just brought unnecessary spotlight to, to Portugal. Like, Portugal was flying under the radar. Like, okay, yeah, sure, everyone knows Ronaldo and everyone's watching Ronaldo, but he didn't need to do that interview or have it released at this time. I understand that that's going to because that would give him time for United to take action on on the situation for the end of of December. But for me personally, and I I know people are gonna probably kill me for this, and maybe I'll edit this out. But really, if you really think about it, that's for me is a self centered thing to do at a time when you have to represent your country, right? Now you have Ronaldo.
1: You're accusing Ronaldo of being (laughs) self-centered or egomaniacal. Hey, how come you didn't say that? How come you didn't say that about Lukaku when
2: Lukaku did it?
0: Well, I was holding the baby at the time and he was crying, so I didn't want to say anything. But uh, Lukaku wants to win. I mean, he's thinking Belgium could win, so he wants to take the trophy. Of course, I understand that. But my point is, like, he shouldn't. That interview has just distracted the whole team. For me, in my opinion, it has, and I think it may even be distracting him. Uh, Ronaldo I and mean, he's somebody that you know can kind of be zen in the moment but given that he's not even had minutes in United as much right he I don't even know if is he match fit is he match sharp
1: oh well I mean right like, physically I, I you know you know he's match fit he's lost a step but you know he's yeah but like, you know, well, he's and when I mean
0: I'm not talking about physically I'm talking about like you know the sharpness of being in the game oh, being right. able to post push goals and that's that's what i'm talking about like but like then you add this to it it's like a whole thing so my opinion if i'm santos i I mean i know i'm not the manager of the team even though i'm the manager on paper i would honestly put ronaldo as like a superstar right like just you know let the team just concentrate let's not have let's not okay let's not try to make ronaldo score goals and and so where we are supposed to score then pass ronaldo because we want to make him look good so he can you know like for me it's just an unnecessary drama that he brought onto this team and honestly if i'm and i know this may not be the nice thing to say but if if portugal were somehow to not qualify for this group everything i don't care if people somebody else made a mistake it's ronaldo's fault in my opinion and he i hope I hope he, he 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 comes out and, and kind of apologizes to that. But I mean, obviously, I don't expect them to get out of the group, but it's not an easy group. I mean, I think this is actually a fair group uh, for them. Um, so anyways, I, that's just my rant. But I, I I just didn't like that he did that interview at this time. I think it doesn't
1: serve the country very well, uh, in my opinion. No, it doesn't. I mean, and don't forget that he has, um, in addition to Bruno Fernandez, also Diego. Dalo, right so that's two manchester united teammates right it's so just, i'm sure that made for yeah. um an awkward locker room talk or maybe well just i'm sure it. i don't know maybe they just don't talk about it
0: i'm sure Dalo is uh you can tell that Dalo is a, is a sees him as his idol uh the, oh, oh, the, yeah. video, the video of the fernandez i don't know if you saw that the video of fernandez being a little awkward with him and i i think the media took that out of out of uh
1: oh yeah. yeah they just I mean, made that yeah. a big
0: a big bigger deal though. i'm i'm pretty sure they're all fine um but i think that pressure could come up when there's there's a stressful time for them so anyways
1: i see yeah we just, i think it'll make a big difference they're gonna be definitely a team that's gonna be they, they need a hot start i think ronaldo right. especially but just to come right. out who who they play in the first match
0: um i think they probably play south korea or ghana actually i'll, I'll find out um they play they play ghana first so okay. it, you know it could be a rails, rails really relatively easy game for them so who knows like we'll see what ghana we get but um ghana beat uh, i think they played switzerland um <laughs> which is actually funny uh because they play switzerland for the same reason i was saying like why do people play people that? They play teams that they think are similar to the country that they're going to play in the World Cup. So, Ghana play Switzerland uh, and Ghana won uh, 2-0. So, don't know if that's an indication of Switzerland not doing well in their group. I'm glad I didn't choose them as the the team. I think you did choose those. <laughs> yeah,
1: so. these are just like, don't, I'm not putting too much stock in those these matches. We, that are,
0: we are going to hold you accountable. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. All right anyways, I think that's all we have today thank you uh, thank you both uh, uh, Justin and Manny for joining the call. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll see you you know next week and talk about all the games so far if there have been any surprises. I can't wait for England and Iran tomorrow definitely waking up early for it um, so can't wait to see uh, the EPL boys uh, you know try to slug it out and and see you know let's let's hope there's no surprise but you know I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, if there's a surprise so um i will we'll see you all and thank you we're on spotify apple and google podcast see you next time bye-bye